Hey everybody, uh, welcome to the uh, Mad Men Recap. This is Paul. This is John. And uh, we're here to recap. The, well, we're, we're winding down season one, John. We are. We're uh, coming towards the end. We're, today we're going to do the last episode on disc three and the first episode of disc four. And they which... are named uh, Shoot and Long Weekend. And in these two episodes, John, we learned that Sterling Cooper may not be the major league, but at least it's not the Yankees. Um, all the meat is indeed in the tail when it comes to Peggy, and we may need to point a howitzer at somebody's balls. <laughs> we might. We might. <laughs> John, first of all, I'd like to point out, I enjoy your sympathy laugh after my little rundown. You always give me a little, a little sympathy laugh, and I, I thank you. Somebody needs to. We thank gotta you. let everybody we know that was supposed to be funny. We don't, <laughs> we don't have a live studio audience, do we? Nope, not yet. Okay. Still waiting for that first sponsor. All right. Um, so, you know, in Shoot, which I think is a good title name, we, we find out that it's applicable on many levels. Mm-hmm. Um, it starts out with Betty at home with the kids outside playing in the yard, Betty's gardening, and her neighbor, who we've never met before, decides to let some pigeons go, mm-hmm. his own pigeons. Mm-hmm. Who keeps pigeons? Well, apparently weirdos like this. I don't know. Yeah, no I don't. Our, I, we didn't really have a lot of neighbors, but I don't think any of them kept pigeons. Yeah. Well, anyways, he lets a few go. Betty gives him kind of that, uh, you know, wow, that's a really weird thing to do. Smile and Maybe waves. Really look, yes. And that's it. You know, real quick opening scene. And we move right on to the theater. We see Betty and Don are at the Broadway show. I don't know where that's it, at. What's that? Where is that supposed to be? Broadway, Manhattan. With that lobby? Yeah. I don't know, man. Those theaters are pretty small. Maybe this one isn't. I thought they were at the opera. Uh, I don't know. I thought she says later on that it'll take her a month to get her be- get him back to a Broadway show. Uh, whatever. Anyways, they're in intermission at a show, and Don runs into a guy named Jim Hobart. That guy's we, slick, man. We find out that Jim runs the large competitor to Sterling Cooper named McCann Erickson. Yep. And it even starts out by them saying, by Jim saying, hey, we got the Israeli account, which we saw the last couple episodes. Right, right. And he tries the big sell. I mean, he really, even right now, he lays it on. It's pretty thick. Really, really thick. Um, Talking about how they were discussing Don Draper while they were naked in a sauna. That seemed weird. That's creepy. Yeah. I don't want anybody yeah. discussing me naked in the sauna, John. No one. Including you. Okay, done. There you go. And, yeah, I mean, he even even now he brings up, you know, Yankee Stadium is on the line. And, um, and so they talk. The wives come in. They mm-hmm. all talk for a second. And then Don and Miss Hobart, Mrs. Hobart, Adele, they scamper off for some drinks. Scamper. And so Jim now lays on the charm to Betty. You must have been a model. He's pretty much telling her, "Hey, you should you should be the face of the of the new of well not new Coke, a little early for that, but uh, the Coke ads we got going." She's like, "Oh, I did used to be a model in Rome, blah blah blah," and he calls uh, her Grace Kelly. Next you thing know, you really? know, next thing you know, she's all excited, John. She's got his card. She's got an invite to model. Uh oh, she is thrilled. This is what she craves. You know, this is what she lost. Something to by- do. By having by having her kids so early, mm-hmm. and she, so they're they're coming home, and she tells Don she's like you know hey he gave me his card, and Don immediately sees it for what it is yeah you know trying to get to him, mm-hmm. but but Betty is refusing to think that way, and really well, I don't know if she's refusing to think that way I mean he doesn't say that to her but he kind of gives that smile no no he says that to her oh, does he. Yeah, he says, did he tell you to slip it under my pillow? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, not so overtly, though. Like, he wasn't like, no, he only wants you because I'm awesome. No, you're right. You're right. He didn't say that flat out. Okay. But, uh, you know, and then that's why he said he didn't want to go to dinner with them because all that, all that would be was more business talk. Yep. Because that's so all that, that guy knows how to do is talk in business. 
right? And then we see Fran then we see Francine, Betty's friend at home, and they're feeding this model thing even more. She pulls out all these old clothes from an Italian designer that made them specially for her before mm -hmm. she met Don. That's right. She even models them for Francine a little bit. Francine, who, let's be honest, just a mess. You, you know, got a she, thing against Francine, man. I don't know what your deal is. Do I? Do I seem do. to have something? You seem to have anti-Francine sentiments. I do, actually. Well, stop it. I like her. She's a nice lady. Oh, please. Yeah, I don't, I don't How like her. How are you saying that to be contrary? Why would I do that? I don't know, because you're contrary. We're on the same show, John. One team, one dream here, pal. All right. Anyways, moving on. So, yeah, Betty's, Betty's feeding this more and more, modeling for her friend. How Francine tells her tells her that um, her husband calls her Grace Kelly. Oh yeah, you know, and and again she's like, I did model. I mean, I think she says this four times in the show. Well, she did. Apparently, she's a pretty, and then we, she's we, a pretty we get lady, out of the, John. We get out of the um, the outside world. We head back to the office. We see Don comes in, and the, I don't know if you saw it, but as soon as Peggy walks into Don's office from the profile, they have given her a baby bump. A little. She's a little bit bigger. I'll give you that. No, like in the front. They gave her like a little pouch. Okay. Um, She's not a kangaroo, so, John. Not that kind of... It's a, okay, a pooch? Is that what you wanted? I don't... I... I don't... I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Obviously, you're using medical terms here. You're right. <laughs> but anyway, so Peggy moves out of the room, and Don opens the package she had given him, and it's a membership to the very prestigious New York Athletic Club. Oh, yeah. Very prestigious. I'm a member. So he calls up right away. Again, Jim really lays it on thick. He's like, this is an overture. You know, what's the next step? Don't we meet at a quiet little restaurant? It's and, all, uh, I don't know. It's kind of it's creepy. I mean, but, you know, I think that's what you got to do, you know? He sees the Don's a talent. He's in the big leagues. He can't be letting a little, uh, a little place like Sterling Cooper uh, keep somebody that really knows what they're doing. And I think over the course of the show that this is an important storyline to tell so that you as the viewer really get a grasp of the value of Don. Yes, obviously. By seeing that he is, is coveted by the top, you can, you can then completely buy in when he is given his bonus, when he is made partner, when he gets his name on the, the new business eventually in season three. Yeah. You know, that it makes it so much easier to buy in when you see that his talents are recognized outside of the office. And isn't it McCann Erickson who buys them? Yes. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, then. So he's probably extra pissed because then Don left. Because he had Don. Right, right. He had Don when they bought him. Oh, until uh, Until the little, little guy pulled it off. But anyways, we're getting way ahead of ourselves. Sorry, sorry. Ahead. That's all right. Light years. So now we're going... Now we're back to the, the medical field, and we see Betty talking to her shrink. And again, she was a model, you know. And she talks about how she met Don as a model, mm -hmm. uh, and then how she, you know, got pregnant right away. And feels, you know, even she says, I felt so old. She's um, only 26. Yeah. And she talks about how her mother got on her for eating so much, and so that's why she was thin. And how she hated, her mother hated her uh, modeling and called her a prostitute. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, her mother hated the modeling. Yes, it's true. Yeah. And this is where the doctor says you're angry at your mother and Betty gets all riled up. No, I am not. Which I think really points out that she, in fact, is. Totally. You you agree with that assessment? I, I agree that's with that assessment, John. Yeah. Uh, so, then, so then we move back uh, to uh, Sterling Cooper. Mm-hmm. And we are watching some footage of uh, uh, Jackie Onassis, and they're, they're, they're still talking about the Nixon-Kennedy campaign. Oh, this was the Spanish commercial. Yes. Yeah. I find Great her off-putting. But, um, yeah, no, they're, they're talking about the, the commercial you write, and they're talking about how to, how to advertise, whether to do a pro-Nixon ad or an anti-Kennedy ad. Mm -hmm. And what do they come up with? I forget. How do you forget? This is that's. I think a howitzer is. Anti. No, that's in the next episode. That's oh, a long right. weekend. I'm sorry to. You're play right. That that's my you. that's my fault. That's my fault. No, you're right. This this is where uh, Sal goes off about how jealous he is of Jackie. Ah, oh, Chase. That was funny. Ah, oh, Chase. Anyway, so we go back home, and Betty has now completely convinced herself 
I'm a model. I can model. I'm hot. It's I'm nice. I feel like Don's being pretty nice to her about all this, you know, Absolutely. because sometimes he can be kind of a jerk. Oh, and uh, he's he's pretty supportive. He knows he knows what's coming or he fears what's coming, you know, a little bit. Yeah. But uh, but, you know, he doesn't. I mean, you know, how, how could you say how, how could you not be for it? Right. Right. So, yeah, he definitely he definitely lets her go after it. And uh, and then, you know, with the with a girl going the opposite way, as far as self-image, we get back to Peggy, who just just rips her skirt. Man, and I'll this, tell you what, seriously, the amount of tension that that skirt must have been under. Oh, jeez. Yeah, she she did a number on that thing. Yeah. And, you know, I think Joan, Joan's trying to help, you know. She is trying to help. She gives her something else to wear. And yep. uh, doesn't, it, doesn't, uh, it doesn't help, though, at all. No. Um, and then McCann Erickson uh, sends, him, sends Don golf clubs, which is crazy. And uh, Roger intercepts it going down the hall. And I got to tell you, Roger's a little concerned, John. He's pissed. He's, he's not just concerned. He's angry. Well, how can he be angry, though? Because he, he says he, he claims to have discovered Don, you know, back when he was just working at the fur company as a copy man. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he like he has some some claim to him as far as ownership. And he even says, you know, it's not just a number. You know, we're willing to talk about that. Yeah. Uh, so he wants, you know, he even ends that conversation saying, I'm taking this personally. Yeah. And when Don I mean, says it's just business, that's where Roger says, is it? I think he knows. Like, he knows that he's not going to be able to keep Don for money. Uh, you know, if they have better accounts, he, I think, he, you know, he, it's a really, it's a very real fear. If they've got right. better accounts over there and, you know, and just like, just like uh, Hobart says, you know, we've got, we've got the big accounts. They've got think, Pan Am. Right. And I think Roger does a nice attempt to countersell that. Like, oh, you know, they make it sound like it's going to be a real panty dropper when really yeah. it's a boomerang flight to sell a coupon. Yep. So I think, and, and that very well may be true. I mean, I'm sure the truth is somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, then the little gossip crew out there starts talking about it. Talking oh, about geez. what? Uh, about uh, Don. Leaving? Yeah. I love that that angry and also at the same time sad quote where Pete says, he's not 10 times better than me. And everybody looks at him like, are you nuts? Yeah. <laughs> he's at least 10 times better than you. True enough. True enough. Uh, so then, you know, uh, Peggy walks by in this big red she, tarp. She really more waddles. Waddles by in a huge red tarp and everybody's like, ooh, what happened there? Uh, so cut that and we end up uh, with... Um, Betty. You know what I don't get though. Okay. Sorry to stop you, but right there, she goes by. They start kind of laying into her, and you know, like, oh, maybe we're seeing the real her, or she's yeah. letting herself go, whatever. And I don't understand, like, why? Why is Pete getting upset? I mean, he's he's been nothing but a, a dick to her. He's an idiot because he's an idiot. I mean, it's I don't get it. He has a high opinion of himself, John. None that we can never understand. Does. None that we will never understand. Fair enough. Okay. Okay. So then, next we see uh, Betty at her first uh, at her first gig or try at her at, at the uh, at the uh, tryouts. What do you call that? The uh, is it a casting call? Casting call, John. Thank you for. She, um, she is ridiculously dressed. That ridiculously outfit. She looks a little clownish, John. Really, she really does. A little clownish, maybe a bit outdated. But the the director of the shoot, Ronnie. Yeah, uh, he couldn't be more smooth. You know, he's the, he's that guy. You know, oh, he's that smooth guy. He is that guy. I like him. I feel like too many times we say that we don't like characters, John. I do. So I'm gonna like this guy. I I like that he does this very well. You know, he's that smooth talker, makes you feel good, makes you feel important. And I think uh, Mr. Hobart really kind of sets up what he's planning all along when he says. Now, you know, Mrs. Draper, nothing's promised. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Totally, so. Totally, totally. so then we cut back to, uh, to Rapey Pete um, in his office talking to, uh, what's, that, what's the fat guy's name? Crane. Crane. Uh, and Harry, if you will. I, I won't. Uh, right. And, and so we want to They're coming up with the brilliant story. ideas. They're coming up with the brilliant ideas, John. Well, they, they come up with a brilliant idea by Pete telling another. This is like, what, two episodes in a row of creepy story Pete? Who's talking about the funeral he threw for a Dalmatian he's in a college? Weirdo. 
that's just that's one of those. I feel like I feel like people in the uh, in the fifties because I would have been in the fifties, right, when he was in college. Yes. Uh, they did stuff they thought was really funny, and it wasn't. I didn't laugh at that story, John. I got to be honest with you. No, I didn't see it funny at all. Yeah, maybe maybe you had to be there. Granted, but uh, it seems stupid. So and I actually, I have to say, I still don't understand the the plan. How does buying up all of that advertising time help? Because you're still going to be stuck with fifty fifty candidate candidate. It's just less of both. No, 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 no. They were buying up the time in the states that. Uh, that, that that were fifty fifty, right? It was yeah. It was just to block Kennedy from getting any more ad time in the states that he needed. Okay, so oh, so the goal was to minimize Kennedy's exposure, right? Not to get right. more time from Nixon, right? Exactly. Okay. You're you're minimizing his airtime okay. by putting on your uh, by selling your ads. Laxatives. There. Hey man, everybody's got to stay regular, John. Not just Nixon fans, you know. But uh, yeah, okay. so that, that's that's the plan they come up with. Fair enough. Fair enough. And uh, later in the episode, we're all a little concerned because uh, I'm going to go out of order for a while, John. All this order is no. it's yeah, let's, my let's, style. Let's do a storyline. Let's follow this up, one man. out. I'm losing it up. Yeah, take that tie off. Thank you. Thank you. Let's set me free. Here we go. So later in the episode, uh, 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 Roger Sterling and Cooper uh, come in and they're like, you know, acting all upset. Ooh, what happened here? How they do this? All the, all the uh, you know... Uh, is that your ad, Nixon voice? That was my, kind of, it was my old man um, advertisement. Anyway. Um, you know, like, who, who did this? Who bought all up all this time in the And again, Pete's an States. ass. He is an ass. He's just going to totally let uh, Crane take it in the face. And uh, But then he does. He says, yeah, it was, it was me too. And of course, they say congratulations. That was actually pretty brilliant. For two and seconds. again, Roger has another fantastic line. He says, "I didn't think you guys had it in you," and I mean that because <laughs> they don't, because they're stupid. Um, and then you know, after that, they all go into Pete's office because that's do these guys not have offices? We're always in Pete's office, uh, boozing it up. That's Talk a great point, awesome actually. Here. I don't know why no, they'd never go anywhere else. They show Crane's office every once in a while, but they never show Kinsey in his office. And God only knows if, uh, if uh, what's his face, Ken well, we Cosgrove. See, yeah, we see Kinsey in his office later on, but I don't think we've ever, I don't think we ever see Ken's office. I don't know. Ken's oh, kind of, because no one likes Ken. Why would you no. go to his office? You know what I mean? But, would you want to hang out in Ken's office? I don't know. He's a published author. Oh, I see. That's how you are. What does that mean? I don't know. What does it All mean, right. John? I don't. I don't know. Fair enough. Uh, no. So what's what's this part where uh, Don's back at home? Betty's, you know, Betty's. I, she's she, you know she's excited about doing the the yeah, she uh, said, modeling she said she got gig. The job. They're all they're all together, much happier, but not not long for this world, John. Well, I don't know. They, well, you're right. It's not long, but they do bring Betty in to take the pictures, and she does look great, I think. I think she looks a little goofy. i got to be honest with you. In the photos? Well, in the scene. What scene? Where they're taking the photos. What? How does she look goofy? You know, just that goofy smile on her face. I'm, I'm smiling for advertisement. Hmm. I don't know. I think that's, the, like, that's Ronnie's job, though, to direct that. No, no, I know. It's just, it's just to me. It's probably just me. It's goofy. Okay. It's goofy. But, you know, then the other big storyline, kind of where the uh, the episode gets its name, or, or more obviously, is the kids are outside playing with the dog. Um, weirdo neighbor lets out his birds, right? Or the birds are coming back or something, Birds are right? coming back, yeah. Birds are coming back. What's the dog's name? Berkey? I forget. Actually, I don't know that one. Okay. See? Just testing you. I don't either. Uh, Berkey nabs one right out of the sky, John. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, as it's landing. Well, still. Have you ever seen a dog do that? No. I've seen him catch frisbees like that. Oh, okay. Okay. I'll, I'll give it to Barky. Barky doesn't look like he has a whole lot of uh, uh, agility to him, but I'll give it to him. Whatever. 
But uh, anyways, yeah, so he grabs the bird, and you, you actually see the neighbor holding the bird, and the bird's alive. Yeah, but badly hurt, John, badly hurt. Bleeding. Bleeding. So then everybody gets upset. The kids are all upset. She comes in. Sally Draper, who's already just a, just a disaster. Uh, she's all upset because a guy yelled at her, and, you know, a dog kills a bird and blah, blah, blah. And the neighbor says if he sees that dog in his yard again, he's going to shoot him. Come on, they, neighbor. So it's they, a pigeon. It's a pigeon. I know, right? It's a pigeon. It's a flying rodent. Please. But they, she comes into the bedroom at night, and Don and Betty ferreted out that this is what really happened. This wasn't a dream. It actually happened. Mm-hmm. And so Don's upset because it happened while Betty was working. Mm-hmm. And Betty says, don't worry about it. They'll be with Francine tomorrow. And then, I don't get this. She said how she wants a picture of her daughter crying. Yeah, that's creepy, man. Wasn't that weird? That is I mean, weird. She's would, a weird lady. Yeah. But that's you know that's about it. And if you want to kind of finish off the whole photo storyline part of it. Yeah. You know, she goes back in to work and well actually let's let's kind of take this more chronologically cuz then it helps out with the photo part. Mm-hmm. Uh, cuz we go back to the office and all of the boys even Pete are kind of just uh, laying on the compliments saying you know, Don, that thing we did with Lucky Strike, awesome, mm-hmm. fantastic, you're genius. Mm-hmm. They want to go with him. What's that? They want to go with him if he goes. Kinsey does, yeah. Oh, yeah. But Yeah, uh, yeah you always want that. But then, so what happens is Don gets an envelope, and it's the photos of Betty as the Coke woman. Mm-hmm. And it says that, you know, it'd be nice to have both of them. Oh, yeah. And so Don really takes this as an affront. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. He takes this as pseudo blackmail. You know, you want your wife to keep working for us? Yeah, that's right. Come on over. So that's when he calls up and, and he delivers yet another great line when he says, you know, the photos, that wasn't exactly a big league move. Yeah, Bush League, pal. Exactly. Exactly. And... Now, he doesn't do this, of course, until he is confirmed and gets a hefty, hefty raise from the boss. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that is back, you know. He went, I mean, just think about that. He got a 50% raise. That's pretty good. Uh, he, you know, quick negotiation with Roger. Roger's happy he's staying. Gets him for 45000 a year, up from thirty. That's, that's pretty incredible. good. That's pretty good. How old do you think Don is? Just just as a side note. How old do we think Don is? Yeah. Um, actually, if I can remember what the date on that photo is, we can actually figure it out. Okay. Because um, there's a picture of him and his brother before he went to the Army. And he went to the Army, I think, when he was 18. Mm-hmm. And I think the date on the photo is like 1952 or 48, something like that. Okay. You know, so we're looking at not too old. You yeah, know, because, I mean, if Betty's 26. Yeah. You got to think, okay, maybe he's 20, 20 30, mm-hmm. 29, 31. That's why I was but thinking low 30s. He looks a lot older than that. Don't he I? does. Okay. But he's Just, been through a lot. You know, trauma ages you. Well, he has been through a war, John. Yes. And he's well, changed his name. You grow up real quick. And he's yeah. the son of a war. Okay. Apparently that'll do it too. Right. So he's got his new contract. He tells Jim, thanks, but no thanks. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then, you know, Betty's doing the the second day of her photo shoot. And Ronnie, as smooth as can be, is like, I got good news and bad news. And says that they're taking the photo shoot away from you know, Grace Kelly and going more to the uh, European look. And yeah. this just this just destroys Betty. Because she was she was out, man. She was free. She thought she had it. You know, yeah. she thought she had what it took. She thought she had everything in place to be this this image of her. Yep. And it didn't work. No. And it really crushed her. Well, it's crushing. You know, and I don't know what to think about that because when she goes home, she doesn't like confide in Don at all. Well, she doesn't want to look, you know, like, she doesn't want to look like, I don't know, like she's not hot to trot anymore. 
Right. You know what I mean? Like you want to, you want your husband to think you still got it, no? Right. And you know, I think I got to give Don a little bit of credit for not being, you know, like an I told you so, or you know, he tries to spin it as positively as he can. I think. Why would you do an I told you so? Because uh, he's a punk sometimes. Whoa! All right, true colors coming out, John. He has been. We've all been punk sometimes, John. Let's be honest. Okay. Glass houses. What? Okay. All right. So, but he, you know, he he says that you already have a great job. You know, being a wonderful mother. Nobody does it better than you. That that's a that's suspect. That's suspect that nobody does it better than her. I want to get pictures of my kids crying, John. Yeah, no kidding. Okay. <laughs> um. So, you know, after after that, we get to see. Um. Oh, we do. Do Do you want to stop for one one little scene that we missed? Sure. Uh, and it goes back to how you open the show. So it's uh, it's the end of the day, and they're just sitting around. Mm-hmm. And again, they're looking at Peggy. They're getting ready to have some drinks. And Ken says, well, I don't think it's going to happen for Peggy tonight. And she starts walking away, and he goes, you know, he calls her a lobster. Oh, yeah. All the meat's the tail. And Pete just snaps, punches him in the face. Man, if I was Cosgrove, I just would have let him have it. That's all I'm saying. Cosgrove That's why I didn't, didn't get a good, didn't, I, Pete couldn't take a half a punch. That's all I Not at say. all. And Cosgrove, all Cosgrove goes is, you sucker punch me. What's wrong with you? Like, that's it. And then he shakes hands. Yeah. Cosgrove is actually the one that agrees to, you know, make up. I mean, it's absurd. Way to go, Cosgrove. Nothing. you nothing. So, yeah, so they're home. You're right. Okay, we talked about that. And then, uh, so at the end of the episode, she, uh, Betty wakes up the next morning after telling Don, you know, that I kind of quit the game. And uh, she's sitting in the uh, kitchen having smoke, and she sees that maybe her neighbor's letting those birds out. Grabs the gun, John. Cigarette in the mouth. I thought the way they out. shot it was really neat, though. Yeah. Because she's outside. They're shooting her from the neck up. Yeah. And she's got the, uh, you know, she's just looking up, like, peacefully. Mm-hmm. And then she puts a cigarette in her mouth. And again, well she still seems calm. Badass. And all of a sudden, they pull out just a little bit, and she brings a gun up. That's right, and it's you know, it's one of those pump action. It's either a BB or like a. a it looked I, like a pellet gun. Pellet, I'm gonna yeah. be honest with you. I'm not a. I'm not a marksman, but. All right. <laughs> and she just she just keeps firing, and I love how they go to black, mm-hmm. and then there's one more shot. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty neat. Wow. Yeah. No, I don't even remember that, but well, well done. But that's that's yeah. I don't know. What do you think? I it was a pretty good episode. And again, I think the main point was to establish the value of Don. Oh, indeed, indeed, and uh, and how much Betty misses her, misses a life, right? Because indeed right. she doesn't have one. Uh, it was a good episode, John. The next episode, Long Weekend, it's fantastic. It was awesome. It's fantastic. It was awesome. Number one, more Roger than we've ever seen before, which is awesome. I love Roger. I'd, I'd spend I'd spend all weekend with him. He's hilarious. Right. Uh, number two. And I, I know I, I think I missed this episode. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm I'm just gonna bust out some secrets here that I liked about this episode right away because John right. and I were free. Yeah. Uh, when Jones' roommate, roommate, yes, straight up professes her love for Joan. Yeah. What do you do in that with that situation, John? You're at home. Your roommate and you getting ready to go out and hit the town, cruising for chicks. And uh, he's like, hey, funny story. kind of love you. And you're like, what? And he's like, yeah, I've been following you around. Uh, needed a roommate. And I was like, got a thing for you. So I thought I'd be your roommate. How about you and me? Uh, you pretend I'm a girl. What? What was that? Yes, that's how that went down. Kind of weird. At that, point, at that point, you just say, well, let's go to dinner. At that point, I say, uh, hmm, okay, okay, valid point. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, she handled that as as as, as good as you could. I can't I even come up with something witty to say to something back like that. Yeah. You're freaking but, me out. Would probably be what I'd say. <laughs> but you know, when we let's just we'll start off the episode because again, there's a nice opening scene here where we get to meet Betty's dad for the first time. That's true. And we this get to true. see that we find we find out a lot actually in just a short period mm-hmm. of time. We find out that the grandpa is diabetic. Mm-hmm. So. And diabetes at this time in history is that will kill you. It will kill you. I mean, oh wow! 
You're, you can minimize your sugar intake to live longer, but it, it, it's, it's very deadly um, for a lot of people. They were right? just getting ready. They were just learning how to start to treat it. Um, mm. So it's very bad. And that's even what Betty says. She's like, you know, you can have saccharin or nothing. Do you want to end up with a black leg like yeah. your uncle? So it's a big deal. And she's trying to take care of him. And you find out that Gloria, the dad's new girlfriend. Yeah, who sucks. Who not only sucks, but he's, you know, he's now going out with her. And it's been less than, I think it's been less than a year. Bastard. Since Betty's mom died. Mm-hmm. So, um, so Betty is ticked off. She drags Don upstairs under the pretense of packing and just launches into this whole thing about how this Gloria woman is a vulture and undid her shirt at the funeral and just awful. What did she think it was a Sadie Hawkins dance, John? Yes. Please. Yeah. And, Please. Uh, you know, Don, uh, to an extent, comes to the defense of the grandpa yeah. and says, you know, let him have it. He's been married for 40 years. He can't even tie his own shoes. Let alone do his laundry, John. Yeah. You Grandpa know, just Jean. let him have it. And and Betty can't get past it. I mean, she is really tore up about this. I'm with Betty. And so they're getting ready. The reason that they're getting that the grandparents are there is they're all getting ready to head out to the summer house mm-hmm. for the long weekend. Mm-hmm. And you know what the long weekend is? Uh, is, it, is that Labor Day? That is. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. So that's where they're heading. And yep. so that's what we get to see. That's how we start again at the home. And then mm-hmm. we move into the office. And again, just like last time, we're seeing a little bit about Kennedy. They're oh, really geez. getting into the whole uh, the whole election stuff. That Kennedy ad was kind of stupid, John. Well, but I think it was playing to America as a whole. It's stupid? Yes. How dare you? Are you a terrorist? Communist. Oh, don't say that, John. Oh, that's is McCarthy listening? That's not funny. Moving on. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're exa- But I, I really stand by that because Kennedy has this light and fun and bouncy, catchy little tune that doesn't address a single issue mm-hmm. and is totally you know, working. Totally working. <laughs> and, then, and then they like they get through what, like eight seconds of the Nixon ad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, he's like, turn it off. I can't turn, turn it off. off. It's true. And I like how they're trying to come up with point counterpoint on the two. Uh, candidates, and somebody mentions that, well, Kennedy's a womanizer, and Don's, Don goes, that's only going to help him in the polls. I know it. Ladies but, uh, love womanizers, John. And this is this is where they discuss as to whether or not to add run a positive ad for Nixon, mm-hmm. or negative ad blasting Kennedy. I, I liked uh, Don's, uh, Don's uh, take on Nixon, though. I really did too. It was a good. It was a good take. He's a self-made man. He was very smart. No silver spoon. Uh, you know, I. You can see yourself in a guy like that. Whereas Kennedy is completely alienating because he's just a rich boy, right? And no one knows what that's like except other rich people, right? Which there are less than uh, poor people like you and but I. But what? What was Roger's point? How did he want to attack? He you? wants to aim a howitzer, John, at Kennedy's balls. He's all about a negative ad. On, Seems on, like overkill. You know, I don't think so, John. Listen, there's only two ways to get things done in life, and one of them is pointing a howitzer at someone's balls. And the other? I don't know. I think it's All using. Right. I think it's using the magic word. Fair enough. And so they leave the meeting, and Roger finds Joan, and again, just being fantastically hilarious. Roger. Hilarious, it, the Roger situation. Yeah, I would like to get a look at those. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he was great. You know, and he's like, Margaret and Mona are off for the weekend. Uh, we can do anything we want. Go anywhere you want, buddy. That's right. And, um, you know, Joan's very noncommittal. Um, now, wait, is this where they talk about the movie? The elevator yeah. movie? Yeah. Fill me in on that. Fill you in on that? Yeah. When I say um, me, I mean the, the listener, John. <laughs> sure. No, I understand. So apparently there was a, um, a big... Uh, a big movie at the time called The Apartment, mm-hmm. and now I, I have not seen it, and unfortunately I did not research it quite enough, but from what I understand, there is a, a young woman in there that is kind of passed around, oh, as yeah. Joan says, among the different men in the flick, and she takes offense to that. You know, she doesn't want to be exactly that, and so she's a little little soured at the moment mm-hmm. as far as being um, somebody's conquest, mm-hmm. um, and she says she'll call him later. 
And actually, you know, if we just we can just stick with Joan for a little bit. Let's do it. Because uh, she goes out to the office then, and her her roommate comes in. Her roommate Carol mm-hmm. comes in, and she's all flustered. She's all bothered because there's a heat wave. She's all upset, and we find out she got fired. Ah, jeez. And it wasn't her fault. She got fired because her boss messed up. And I mean, you feel bad for her. You know that that sucked. Yeah, totally. Um, so she's really upset. She says she just wants to cry. And Joan's very, you know, Joan's Joan's Joan. You know, she's very positive. She's energetic. No yep. crying. Don't waste energy on men. Which is kind of funny in retrospect that she says that. Well, because she's no, I mean, no, it totally makes sense though, because she's getting tired of wasting her time with uh, with Roger. Right, but it's it's funny when she says, "Why do we waste our energy on men?" Given Carol's story. Fair enough. But, uh, you know, so she tries to be real popular, like, we're going to hang out tonight, we're going to hit the town, we're going to get guys to buy us drinks. Um, so really, really tries to build her up. Oh, sure. Which is great. Um, and then, so, again, staying with Joan for a little bit, we see them getting ready for their night out. Oh, man. Carol's still a little upset, and understandably so. Oh, jeez. And, you know, Joan's dolling herself out. And Indeed. She, you know, she says she, uh, she, what she needs to be is Kim Novak, who was a big actress at the time. Mm-hmm. And I looked up Kim Novak, and, and Joan is much more attractive. Really? Which is what Carol says. Okay. And then, as you alluded to earlier, oh, Carol man. launches into this thing about... You, you, you tell it. I, she launch, well, we've already talked about it. That's when she launches into the whole uh, I'm in love with you situation. Right. And she handles it, and uh, Joan handles it super good. She's like, uh, well, let's just... You've had a rough day. You're a little confused right now. I understand. Let's go to dinner. But she's still, she's still really freaked out. She does a great oh, job totally with the face. Freaked out, yeah, man. Being really freaked out. I was freaked out. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Totally. And so they they do go out and they do get some guys, um, some real tools, tool bags. But man, seriously, the one Joan was with, I was like, seriously, man. Well, yeah, and and he was apparently a professor. Yeah. At, uh, at Fordham. Of douchiness. No, no, he was a words professor. He oh. was telling his story about words. Right, right. Sorry, forgot about that. No problem. At least he's not a carpenter like the other guy. Yeah, I don't know. Nothing against carpenters. Yeah, seriously. What do you got against carpenters, man? Not a thing. Some but of my guy, best friends I mean, are carpenters. Yeah, me too, actually. Okay. Uh, but the uh, the guy the guy that's a carpenter, like he is the big loser in the scene. Yeah. Because you know he has no he has no ability to converse, and when Joan. Asks Franklin into her bedroom. Mm-hmm. We're left with the carpenter outside with Carol. Who's feeling really bad about things because she's got to hear things going on. Right. And the guy, the guy moves in for a makeout and she's just like, I don't know. It's like she has no energy to resist. No. So he pretty much does whatever he wants oh, to. Oh, man. Oh, jeez. Not good. No, no. Not good. But then we'll kind of leave it there. Right. And we can, we can head back. Um you know, back back to the office, and so uh, getting away from the Jones story, we see uh, Pete coming up to Peggy, and again just being an ass. That's all he knows how to do, John. You know, he, he gets on her case for not telling him information about a case for Freddie, and not telling him information about Don, and and then she gets personal. Is like, you know, I don't know if you like me or not. If you're going to be nice or cruel. And he pulls out the I'm married card. I couldn't believe that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I really like it. I think Peggy really aims the howitzer at his balls on, okay. The, okay. on the comeback. Okay. When she says, I've heard how complicated that could be. Maybe I should lay on your couch to help you figure it out again. Hey, oh. Yes. That's yes. right. That's right. And, and that worked. I mean, that really. Uh, Shut him got, down. Got, but that's right. Shut that's him right. down. So, you know what, I'm just going to kind of, because I, I would love to keep the episode uh, a little shorter uh, yeah, today. Yeah, uh, So I'm going to kind of run through things a little quicker. Absolutely. Uh, we do see um, that there's uh, that Mencken is back, man. I, still unimpressed. Sorry. But uh, Mencken's back, and they, they, they brought her dad in this time to uh, kind of give the rundown to the final idea for what they're going to do with the store. Uh, Don has to kind of lay the arm, warm on him a little bit because he's like, I don't want to do it. Sounds like, listen, all your all your stuff's outdated, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Rachel has to speak up and say, listen, he did this himself, guys. Bring it down a bit. They apologize. But in the end, uh, he's, you know, he's like, well, I hope you know what you're doing. And uh, the best, you know. 
And uh, he's a little unsure about Don. Too too dashing, he says. Yes. Uh, I would agree. Too dashing. You would agree that he's too dashing? A little overly dashing, John. I preferred uh, someone like myself. Oh, I think Uh, he's just the right amount of dashing. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Getting a little uh, Jones roommate on me here right now. Uh, so, uh, so they leave, they get in the elevator. Don still, man, still harboring some serious, uh, feelings for Rachel Mencken. Yeah. It is obvious, my friend. Yeah, he really, he really, like, launches in with the compliments, even in the meeting. Oh, indeed, indeed. And, uh, another big thing that happens in this episode, and kind of starts off the whole situation, is that they lose the Dr. Scholl's account, John. Yeah, I don't, they don't really go into that much. They just, because uh, it really almost sounds like Pete just gave it away. Pete's an idiot. I'm sure he did. Thing is, John, is you start losing a client the minute you get him. And so Don's really upset about the whole thing because Pete says that it was all because of creative, that they weren't impressed with the creative. It was boring and uh, kind of laying it on Don. I don't know why he would do that. but uh, It is footwear, though. Seriously. What are you going to do with Dr. Scholes? Right. I'm gelling. The, uh, the, the point. There, there you go. Uh, so uh, Don is a little concerned about it, and he goes and talks to Roger. And Roger, Roger's been around, John. Been around. And he, uh, he says, listen, you know, you lose him as soon as you get him. It's fine. You know, whatever. Um, he's more concerned with the upcoming holiday, John. Well, I, I liked his, his one-liner. Mm-hmm. You know, so we lost a client. We need to cut back. Let's go fire someone. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's the perfect opportunity. Uh, maybe Cam. Uh, so he's so he tells Ron, uh, Don Ron who's Ron. Uh, this he tells, is the second time you've done that. I know. He tells Don, uh, "Listen, uh, hang around with me this weekend. Uh, you know that's why we work so hard so we can uh, buy vacations for our family while we stay here and live it up." Uh, so uh, Don says, "No, you know, listen, I got to go out to the sh- to the shore because you know my family's there, and I promise." He's like, "Listen, just give me tonight. Just give me this one." And so uh, Don says, okay. And uh, Roger says, let's start it off early. Let's go. There's a casting at four. Let's go down there. It's twins. We'll figure this out. So we see, <laughs> uh, we see Roger and Don go down to the, uh, the twin casting for uh, aluminum siding, is it, John? It is. Double-sided. Uh, Dodges. Aluminum siding. And when they get down there, all the other creepos are down there checking out the ladies. And John, may I say this? May I say something? Yes. Thank you. Uh, I don't know if it was a bad year for the twins in the 60s, but I got to say there wasn't attractive. There wasn't an attractive set of twins in that whole casting call. Really? There wasn't. Have you seen that uh, that commercial uh, for the two girls for the uh, for the uh, contacts? The one has astigmatism. No. OK, well, there's this commercial. Look it up uh, <laughs> with these two chicks. They're twins. One's got astigmatism. They're white hot. I don't okay. understand why we couldn't get them to do this episode anyway. <laughs> anyway, that was a side point. Uh, not attractive. Uh, but I really liked how when the when Don and Roger walked out, it was almost like, you know, the dominant lions coming oh, down. Yeah. And oh, I mean, because yeah. the guys just scatter. Oh, well, you would. Wait, yeah. Those those uh, those pack of jackasses have to compete with uh, Don and Roger. Not, not a, a chance. chance. Not a chance. Not a chance. Not I mean, a wasn't, chance. wasn't it Kinsey that like leans into one of them and goes, do you like Mediterranean food? No, he's an idiot. And that's all they do is they, they, they just give that guy horrible lines so you hate him. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so uh, Roger comes down. He picks the two he likes the best, which I think are the ugliest ones. And uh, they send the other ones home, John. Yeah, yeah. So we're left with uh, Eleanor and Mirabelle. Indeed. Uh, I, I do think that uh, Mirabelle, the one that ends up uh, hanging out with, uh, with Don, is the more attractive of the two. I know they're twins. Oh, that's Eleanor. Eleanor goes. Are you sure? You're right. Yeah. Uh, Is the more attractive of the two. Uh, I know they're They're twins. twins. But that happens. There's always a little difference. There's always a little difference. Uh, So uh, next thing we know, it's a million degrees. We're in Don's office, and it's after uh, probably 6 or 7 or even 8 o'clock because it's dark out in the summertime. It was October, so I don't know. It's September. um, I thought it was October. It's the holiday weekend. Fair enough. I feel stupid now. Uh, that was funny. That was funny. I'm not going to cut that out. I'm going to leave that in. I could very easily cut that out, man. No, you could. Fair enough. But you're uh, right. You're right. It, it is late. It is dark. It is hot. And it, it is, is very warm. In the building. Roger, my friend, is laying it on thick. 
Yeah, but so thick that everyone gets creeped out. It's creepy, man. I was creeped out here. You were creeped uh, out here, but just like touching the skin? Oh, am I pointing to the spot on my on my body where I was creeped out? I would be everywhere. All right. When he says uh, your skin is translucent, that means clear. Who, who who wants to have translucent skin, John? That's gross. A vampire. That's gross. That is gross. Um. So you know. Uh, but it gets like, worse. He's like, "Can I touch it?" And she's thinking, "You're just gonna touch my arm, okay?" Roger goes. Uh, Roger goes where uh, where he wants to go on that move. Uh, pulls up the skirt a little bit, starts his uh, starts his uh, his whole situation. Then he pulls he pulls Eleanor over, the sister, and he says, "Do you love your sister?" This this was really creepy. It was. Do you love your sister? And she's like, "Uh, I mean, I mean, yeah." Okay. No, she answered that normally. She's like, "Of course I do." Yeah, okay. You know, yeah. And uh, why don't you give her? Why don't you give her a little kiss? Yeah, just you know, yeah. Really and all creepy. of a sudden, the room got icy. Yeah, it got a little degrees. weird. Got a little oh. weird. She said, so she asked Don to dance a little bit. And so they well, no, because they both say that everybody says they're going to go after that. That's true. Don's I, like, I got to go. Left. And then Roger's like, oh, nobody's going anywhere. No means no, John. So, so uh, next thing we know, uh, uh, Eleanor and uh, Don are still in his office. And we see uh, Roger come riding in on Maribel, which is hilarious. And which I found out, John, is a scene in uh, Dolce Vita. And what is that? It's a movie that Roger would have seen. It was out that year. Okay. And Roger would have seen that. And that actually happens in that movie. Oh. Which is interesting. I think it's Dolce Vita, right? Look at you getting the staff on the research. Hey, man. No, I actually saw that on one of the behind the scenes. I'm sorry. Ah! That's great. Yeah, I'm sure most of our listeners know that. Okay. Uh, see, now I feel stupid because I think I have the name of the movie wrong. Oh, no. Yeah. That's all right. I actually rented it from Netflix to watch it because of that. Have you watched it? No, I haven't. It's, oh. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I have a hard time watching old movies. All right. Do you have a hard time with that? I, I can't remember the last old movie I tried to watch. Oh, yeah. No, I was right. It's uh, La Dolce Vita. Okay. And, and it was out in 60... Uh, it was out, yeah, it was out that year. Okay. Yeah, uh, it, it's a it's a foreign film, so uh, I believe it's all in uh, either French or Italian. I would imagine Italian. Sounds like it. Yeah, fair all enough. Right. So anyways, Roger's riding on her back. They come in, they kind of collapse on each other. Mm-hmm. And Don's had enough. As have I, so, at that point. You're no kidding. And so Eleanor goes with him, and they decide to hang out outside because she doesn't want to leave her sister. No. Because and Eleanor's been around the block a few times, the, John. apartment by herself. Okay. What okay. was that? I was saying Eleanor's been around the block a few times. Well, she, she says that. She wants to hang out for her sister because she's not as experienced. And then, and then she has like that fake blush and says like, now all you're thinking about is going around the block. <laughs> I wasn't thinking that. Uh, I don't find either of these ladies attractive. Well, isn't that when Don says he couldn't get out of the driveway? It was great. That was awesome. Uh, so, yeah, then there's some making out and some whatnot and some hey, hey. And uh, next thing we know, uh, Don is back in his office with uh, Eleanor. And she is she is saying, listen, man, whatever you can think of, I'll do it. And he's like, I don't know if it's just the room, but you're really selling hard right now. Which was an awesome line, man. He just cannot shut this girl down. By the way, well, that, she, that did it. That did it. She is not the caliber for Don Draper. Right? She needs to know that she's playing way out of her league here. Uh, he's, he's yeah, the, I guess so. He's the major. I don't know, though. I mean, she's still more attractive than the comedian's wife. No, 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 not at all. Are you serious? I'm serious. All right. Anyway, next get... thing you know, we know we hear her sister outside saying, Eleanor, where are you? I'm scared. And uh, they run out and she's like, the guy collapsed. They go in. Oh, and I remember uh, KK and I were watching this. Uh, and uh, they get in there. Uh, Don runs in to see what's happened. He says, I feel like there's a, what do you say? Tank. tank on tank. his chest. He turns to the girls. He says, call an ambulance and get out of here. Yeah. And that's my favorite line. I like to think in a situation like that, I would be the Don. You yeah. Know? All the right. Whole, the whole has, has the wits, you know? It yeah. says, number one, get out of here. Right. Number zero, see, call it the ambulance. Now, at least in today's day and age, that would that would not be the the move to do. 
because you would not want the 911 call to be a female. Fair enough. Recorded. I so, see what you're saying. Exactly. And I don't know if you caught it, but right when Mirabelle calls for help, mm-hmm. she's not on camera, but you hear her say, I knew I shouldn't have asked him to do it a second time. I did. I remember that. That was hilarious. That was hilarious. But, uh, but yeah, so they, they do get help. The, the emergency crew does show up. They put Roger on the stretcher. Mm-hmm. They're wheeling him out. He's still in pain, and he's moaning, mm-hmm. saying, Mirabelle, Mirabelle. And what Don does is not exactly light. <laughs> he, he grabs Roger by the, the hair. hair on the top of his head and really, really hits him. There again, I'd like to think I would be the Don Draper in that situation. And he just reminds him, Mona. Your wife's wow. name's Mona. Okay, and so then uh, they're at the hospital. Obviously, Mona gets there. She comes in. Roger is having this whole, uh, you know, rebirth in a way. I love you. I love you. Blah 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 blah. Now, this is something I thought was strange, John. If you if you go uh, and watch watch the show, you're at the 35 minute mark, um, and he's you know he's opening up to uh, Mona, having a very precious moment, you could say, or I don't know if precious is the word, but just like super. Uh, super uh intimate and don stays in the doorway and watches the whole thing and that is totally not don don would just walk away he wouldn't want to be part of that yeah i agree you know yeah um so then the next thing the next thing i got i gotta throw one more thing in there it was just too funny because uh roger's saying i don't understand it i did everything they told me to i ate the butter i drank the cream i thought it'd be the ulcer I get a coronary. <laughs> I don't know. Who, who would have thought? Yeah. Um, so next thing you see is um, Joan come into the office with uh, with that horrible guy. the Franklin. Franklin douche. And then uh, and Cooper's there, which is crazy. Um, it's late now. It's really know? late. It's got to be really late by now. Probably, probably morning, right? Probably 1, 2 in the morning. Maybe. Yeah, probably, right? If they're back from the bars. Yeah. Um, and so he's like, you know, we gotta, we gotta copy this. I mean, we gotta send out a statement to all our clients saying that everything's fine and Roger's okay, which I right. felt was like a little premature. I mean, right. He's still in the hospital. It's still the holiday weekend. It's the Friday. That's true. It seemed a little, I mean, you know, you, we could handle that Monday, but I guess he feels like word spreads quick. If a lot of your clients are in the city, sure. You know, it's going to get, it's going to get around. So. He, he he knows what he's doing. That's for sure. Cooper is not. He's been he's been around the block. He's been around the block, indeed. So Don calls uh, Betty. Says, "You know what? I don't know if I can make it out." She's a total. She's like, "I totally understand." And by the way, I hate this bitch. Again, she goes into all that. Indeed, indeed. Uh, that she made she made what well, like meatloaf with ketchup or something. Yeah. For dinner, hilarious, hilarious. Um, so next thing you see, uh, down to the hospital, Pete comes by, I don't know, whatever. That was stupid. And they see, they see, uh, they see another crushing ad against Nixon. Yeah. Which is okay. Fine. I I find the whole Nixon campaign thing to be just kind of an afterthought, like just to keep something going on the advertising side. Yes, I agree. And to keep, you know, you in the time period, like, right. This is I, the early 60s. I find, it, I find the whole Nixon campaign to be kind of annoying. Um, unless Frank Nigel would have showed up. Yeah, but I do like the it. fact that they're showing from an advertising standpoint, from a marketing standpoint, you don't have to address the important stuff. You just have to get the people. Because, again, yeah. that, that commercial, I mean, that was all out of context. You know, I mean, they, they cut that up, that video. Yeah. So you don't even know if that's oh, the what Eisenhower thing. Yeah, it was yeah. weird. That was it was weird. So, um, but so anyway, this one. Uh, so the, the the whole episode ends with uh, him going straight to Mankins. How does he know where she lives? She's a client. They have a file. No, I don't know where any of my clients live. I maybe because I don't care, but I have no idea where they live, and I I'm happier like that. But still, you don't. No one has Plus, your first home address. There was a phone book back then. Fair enough. But still. Anyway, so he shows up at Mencken's house, and uh, he looks all disheveled. He's really having a hard time with all of this, which I also find kind of strange. But I don't know. He's got a lot of deep-rooted weirdness. Well, and you think about it, he doesn't really have... This is the closest thing he has to a friend right now. 
in the world. I guess so. They're very they're very connected. Well, and that's true. Yo, oh, both 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 Mencken and Roger. Yeah, that's true. I could see that. I could see well, especially that. Especially Roger. I mean, yeah. you know, he's got no he he never had a viable father figure. You know, he never had, you know, he was by himself in the army. Yeah. He was living a lie. All he's still living a lie. Fair this enough. is Roger's the closest thing he has any kind of bond with a uh, an another adult guy man. and another guy, yeah. You know, and and he also he also is at the pinnacle. You know, he is the owner of this company. He has his name on the building. Mm-hmm. He's swimming in money. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's swimming in in tail. He's getting these young women. <laughs> he's swimming in uh, tail, John. Swimming in like a lobster. Fair and, enough. Uh, Fair enough. Uh, you know, so so he's this guy that he's probably built in his mind to be this. The, the way you want to be and all of a sudden because like he said to to Rachel he was really focused on how how weak he appeared you know how broken and fragile he looked that was yeah. a big blow to him to see how fragile life was in somebody he cared about mm-hmm. indeed indeed and she and she kind of said that to him here's the thing as we all know we're all aware I don't understand the making okay Number two, I do like that Mencken tried to shot. I mean, Mencken was like, "Hey, get off me! Hey, let's let's not do this. Let's okay, fine." You know, uh, which I appreciated because most other ladies just let Don do whatever Don was gonna do. Well, she she nailed it initially. Oh yeah, she's like, you know, what is this? The end of the world? This is just an excuse for bad behavior. Indeed, indeed, good line there, good line. Um, but she too uh, falls victim to the wiles of Don John. Yeah. And and we knew that that was coming. Yeah, you know. of course. But she uh, has know. had uh, she has had some serious uh, some serious feelings for the for Don for a while. I just thought the, the the line by Don showed just an incredible lack of insight as to his actual the actual realness of his relationship when he says to Rachel that you know everything about me, mm-hmm. and that couldn't even that couldn't be farther from true. I know. He was like, you know, he was he was saying just a lot of things to get her to make out with him and to go maybe a little bit further. I don't know. It's a family show, John. And I think he just wanted to make out with her so he could feel something other than the the pain and discomfort of having a, a, a cared per, for a person being hurt. You know, this is true. This is true. Now, there's an important scene uh, between because we actually we actually cut away from the Mencken and we end with the Mencken. There's right. an important scene in between, and that's when um, Cooper and, um, and Joan. Joan are leaving the office after typing all night. And uh, Cooper says, you know, stop messing, you, really, you, you're young, don't be messing around with these older guys. And she's like, oh, no, 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 that guy that came in with me, he's just my friend. And, um, and Cooper says, we both know who I'm talking about. And, of yeah. course, he's talking about Roger. Yeah. And she's, you know, she's having a hard time with it because she knows it's true. You know, she knows it's not a good situation. It's never going to be. Well, and, we'll uh, see. Well, right. Um, and so they get in the elevator. And this is a great scene. It, full circle, John, because he says, could you push the first floor? And she's the elevator operator. That's right. She's the one that's getting tossed around. From the and, apartment. Oh, yep. my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Well done. Well done. And that's after she just kind of like threw herself to that dorky yep. old guy. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And it was all too true. And she she actually did a. I mean, she she made the greatest. She had the best look on her face. Oh yeah. Because like, it was it was this great. And I I mean actually uh, Kate who was watching uh, with us with me via satellite from California because uh, she never made it back from the Golden Globes. Still partying? Still partying. It's, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it. Stay out um, there for the Grammys? Listen, can we not talk about it? Because it's All kind right. of a sore subject with me, okay? Seriously? Yeah. Okay? Are you yeah. done? Yeah. You're done. done. Here we go. Okay. Uh, she, she, uh, so Joan doesn't, uh, or the actress, I should say, uh, what's her name? Oh, I can't believe you asked me that. I, I don't know. know. Oh, man. Our whole, everyone listening hates us. Janu- no kidding. January Jones. No, no, that's Betty. I know. I'm sorry. I'm just. I'm. I'm. I'm thinking that's names. Out, that's actually worse. I'm thinking names. I'm just worse. thinking names. I'm spitballing, man. You're gonna have to edit this. Oh out. no, this is. Uh, 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 this, I got it. What? What is it? This is. So I got it. It's. Um, no, it's right. It's right. You got uh, it. You have I'm it. on. I'm online. Yeah. 
Um, oh, oh, there it is, Christina Hendricks. Christina Hendricks, John. She does. A You're great editing job. that. I'm not going to edit it. I want people to know how unprofessional we are. And she almost tears up a little here. She's looking. I'm watching this. Oh man, she tears right as the door right as the doors close. As she tears up, it's amazing. It's fantastic. It's really the episode great. ends, John. Yep. Back with Mankin. Showing right. a lot of skin here, John. I was a little uncomfortable. I don't know about you. She's naked. Oh, I know, but it's just there's a lot on the there's a lot on my television. Okay, a lot on my television. Uh, 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 Don and her are maybe enjoying the glow of an after experience. Yes. And uh, he tells her more than we've heard him tell anyone. Yeah, but he's still not complete with it. What's he supposed to do? You want I mean, me to tell you my life story, John? Come on. But that's the thing. He he does, but he doesn't. You know, he tells about his, his prostitute mom. His dad got killed by a horse. He lived with his stepmother and his uncle, and he was raised by those sorry people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so that's where he stops, but he doesn't tell her that, you know, he took the identity of a guy that lost his face in the war and, you know, that he's grossly unhappy with his wife, although it should be obvious. I think we all know uh, that. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, he only tells part of the story that he's not who he says he is. Well, either way, John, there's a lot to find out in the upcoming seasons that we're continuing to recap. Absolutely. I think this went really well. I'm sorry we missed last week, everybody, but, uh, you know, sometimes we just can't happen. Uh, right. We don't get paid to do this, obviously, so there's going to be some uh, some gaps. Hmm. I want to give a, a great big congrats to John Hamm for another well-hosted episode of Saturday Night Live. Just well this done. Past week. It was funny. He, I think he was better this time. Yeah. I didn't I, see I, the I whole so. thing, but the part I saw, he was, he was better. Yeah, and I think that just comes with experience. You know, you get used to the live audience. Fair enough, John. And, you know, I also want to say congrats to the Mad Men. Not only did they pull down the Golden Globes like we said last time, Mm -hmm. but they also got the Screen Actor Guilds Award for Outstanding Performance by an Ensemble in a Drama Series. Oh, my. They won the AFI Award for one of the top ten TV shows of 2009. Yeah, Jace. And they just won the Producers Guild Award for Best Drama Series. Get out of town. The Producers Guild? Yeah. It's not every day, John. No. Not every day. But they, they, they are an award-winning machine, okay. and hopefully people will continue to enjoy. You know what I'm worried about, though, is I think that people that, you know, so they want all these more awards. So mm-hmm. They're winning awards every year, and so people are going to try and watch the show, and I think this is a difficult show to come into. It's especially now. Especially yeah. now. I mean, I, I guess, I mean, I almost, this would probably be almost a good time to start because it's the new office. So you're actually starting kind of from scratch at work. No, there's just, just just too much, John. It's too much. Yeah, I agree. But uh, a couple other things we have to mention is we have received another piece of artwork, John. I don't know if you saw it. It was very inspiring. I saw uh, that. That was fantastic. This is again from uh, Laura Mansfield. Well done. Uh, found this old campaign. Uh, we were right. He's a douche. It's a uh, it's a it's an ad for Henry Francis Brand douches, John. He's the biggest <laughs> douche there is. It doesn't Only 99 get, cents. It does, it does not get douchier than this. And it's 99 cents for your uh, Henry Francis Henry douche. Francis douche. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, uh, initially, I feel really good about this as I think about it a little more. I don't know how to feel about it, um, but I like it. Can we put out like a request to okay. Laura for another piece of art? Laura, we're asking you. Uh, we're, we're talking to just you now, Laura. Anybody, actually. Okay. More art. Oh, I thought I thought you had I thought you had something you wanted to see, John. I'm sorry. Oh, you mean a specific a specific art, you know, inspiration for someone. I don't. So far, we have the Betty Draper Centaur, which is amazing, and we, and we have the Henry Francis douche douche advertisement. I don't know. I feel like something uh, something negative towards uh, Campbell would be appropriate. Oh yes, rapey P. Campbell pills. Yeah, that's a okay. good one. Or maybe like a, a chip and dip. Oh, yeah. Get your very own P. Campbell chip and dip. Perfect, Mostly dip. Perfect for hiding roofies in. <laughs> <laughs> Understood. I like it. And we also got another email from Jack. Uh, really said he liked the podcast. And he spent a little bit of time on the creepy P. Campbell uh, story he told about hunting and killing an animal. And saying that uh, you know he, he likes Peggy when she's submissive but didn't like her dancing because she was not acting that way. 
Um, I thought that was very yeah. insightful. Yeah, absolutely. And, and also points that. out some, some woman issues that Pete has um, in the second season. Uh, we meet Pete's mother. Actually, we saw her this uh, season briefly when he was asking for uh, money uh, for the, the, the Trudy apartment. Mm -hmm. And she got a little upset then, but she's even more angry um, later on. And um, and says uh, you know she'll disinherit him for some things down the road. So uh, very excellent, insightful email. Thank you very much, Jack. Uh, yes, we love them, guys. We love the emails. Keep them coming. Uh, also, John, I don't want to say that I'm sad, but I am sad. Uh, Why? We haven't received any zero any uh, voicemails. Oh. Yeah. I don't know if is it me. No, it's not you. It's probably well, let's let's just remind people it's not on the sidebar of the website. You go to the bottom of the most recent pod or uh, most recent post, and there will be a widget for Google Voice. You type in your phone number, it calls you, and you just leave a voicemail for us. Couldn't be any easier, John. Pretty straightforward. I tried it myself. Yes, you did, and it was wonderful. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh... Listen, if you want to get in contact with us, guys, we love it. We're, it's an hour and 17 minutes. We're too long. So send us an email. Tell us we're going to cut it down. T tell us to make the show shorter if you want us to. It's uh, staff at madmenrecap.com. That goes to both John and I. And John will send you a beautifully written response because uh, that's what he does. Absolutely. So well done. John, I can't wait till the next show. That's right. We're going to wrap up season one next time. Dutchies. I can't believe that already. I know, right? I'm excited. All right, man. All right, pal. Talk to you then. Yep, bye. Bye.